This is Big Man Tyrone, and you're about to watch the MTG Cabal cast with your hosts, Wode, Thirsty, and Reptar. Sub to us on all your podcast networks at MTG Cabal cast and YouTube. <laughs> well, guys, welcome to the newest episode of the Cabal cast. We're covering a little bit of the fallout now that all the dust has settled on this whole mythic edition debacle uh the big topic we're gonna have today is sheets and mm. what it means yep as some of you i'm sure actually everybody knows last week you got a message in your ebay account uh something something sorry we're so terrible something something here's an uncut sheet from wizards here's a measly 20 dollar gift code from us and it is an uncut sheet of mythics and rares mm -hmm. from War of the Spark. Yes. So let's go ahead and get started on that, okay. I suppose. So uh, this is kind of the hot-button topic for almost the, the last week. Uh, it's been the meme of choice across Twitter. Regardless of what happens, uh, the meme is, Watsy tweets, tweets at you with a sheet asking if this is enough. Jerry Thompson quits the MPL. <laughs> Watsy tweets at him with an uncut sheet. We hope this makes up for the, yeah, for the bad for beats. The confusion, sorry. Yeah, uh, and there have been a, there's been a lot of great information uh, about this. Uh, the professor had a video that came up, I believe, over the weekend. Uh, Chaz uh, Andres or Andres, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. His article on Star City addressed the sheet economy this week, and it's actually not a, a bad read. Some of the stats that we spent our weekend digging around for can be found in there, and. Uh, can be verified through there. A number of other high-profile people that have uh, dealt with sheets because they either NFC, non-factory, cut their own stuff, or they're just uh, interested in owning them, also weighed in over the weekend. And basically, what looks like happened is that Watsi was forced to print extra sheets by eBay, which I believe we knew because that was an eBay tweet, and that effectively crushes the sheet economy for this set. Generally speaking, when a set is printed, only... A few hundred of these are made, and they are given out to Channel Fireball or uh, whatever TOs are running Grand Prix or Magic Fests for that year, conventions, I believe, and then a handful of uh, other events. Some events like Eternal Weekend and PAX get their own unique sheets, which we will touch on, but there's never been a print run of sheets to this kind of, not, I, won't even, I won't even say demand, to, to this magnitude. So what does it do? Well, once the, the sheets have been confirmed by Watsi that is just going to be one per canceled order, they started going up on eBay, pre-orders. And it was just a race to the bottom. And things settled around $200, which might not seem bad depending on uh, the way you look at it. Generally, a sheet costs between five and 700 tickets depending on what Grand Prix you're at or Magic Fest. Uh, 12 1200 tickets actually is the standard okay 1200 that's even more ridiculous yeah and you can do the math on that to see what it's worth in dollars based on how much each individual pack is worth and thus the floor is kind of set by that number for the entirety yeah. of the year or uh, the quarter however long that sheet lasts 200 is well under half of what a sheet goes for in the secondary market even for a bad set yeah uh, some of the numbers that we are looking at uh and this is uh, from the Chaz Anders article as well. He kind of backs this up. Float around 500. That's the floor for the, a sheet for a very bad set. It's something that just yeah. doesn't sell well. Oath of the Gatewatch style. Uh, 
standard set. Now, a sheet in standard that for a set that's just popping, you could see almost 1K immediately. What the decay is on that, I, I'm not sure, but 1K is kind of the, the mark for that, for that set. And this means that from the beginning, anybody who's picked up a War of the Spark sheet or thought they were going to at a Magic Fest for some kind of value on the secondary market immediately loses. The person that eventually picked up the sheet from Madison, I think, tweeted at Watsi once they found out how many of these have made it into the wild and what the current price was, actually asked if they could get a second sheet or something else to compensate for the amount of work, time and work they had to put in. Yep. And the interesting thing about the sheet is because you were there, uh, when did it go? Uh, so there were two sheets up, and I tweeted throughout the weekend as stuff happened. So there were two sheets up at the beginning of the weekend, and they were up for 1,200 ticks. Mm -hmm. They took them down and just let them down for all of day zero. They went up again afternoon day one for 700 ticks, and they weren't gone until Sunday, which typically, if you've ever been to a GP, you know those sheets. Day one, they're going to... They're gone. Smash limited events and pull their tickets together. Yep. Buy sheets. And those sheets don't last. They're the first thing to go. Yep. One of the planeswalkers was gone as the oversized card before the sheets. Which is ridiculous. Insane. There's, I mean, it's, there's no Facebook group dedicated to oversized Grand Prix cards or Magic Fest cards, but there is a Facebook group dedicated to uncut sheets. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous to think about because when, when you think about it so the economy for the in-print oversized cards are like two to three hundred mm -hmm. and then when they go out of print they'll hit five to six so at 10 ticks a pack it's a better value to get the oversized cards for four to six hundred or whatever they may be mm -hmm. than the sheet for seven hundred that's 70 packs. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. And even on a set that's just medium all around in terms of uh, price per card, rare and mythic, you're still better off getting those 70 packs, almost uh, almost two boxes for your time than you are to get this sheet right now. Yeah. It's... I... The fact that the, that the sheet lasted that long and went up with a second price should tell you a little bit about what's going to go on with the, with the economy. Um, yeah, And one of the interesting things that is going to happen here is over the weekend we did find out that there are a number of people that either have figured out a way to clip slash die cut the cards themselves and cut the sheet up to make uh, more foil cards or have a decommissioned uh, cutting machine that they can use to turn these foil sheets into real cards. So this is going to be create another interesting little blip on the secondary market where all of a sudden we might just have more foil stock of this set than we've seen for other sets previous without having to open the t uh, boxes. So there could be a point in time where some foil rares are actually cheaper than their non-foil counterparts just because of uh, the volume if we are looking at close to 20,000 extra sheets going out. Each sheet has more than one of each rare and I believe more than one of each mythic on it. So that could be Oops. anywhere from 10,000 sheets to 20,000 sheets times two to four of each uh, mythic each and card. Rare. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, not, not to mention, you know, talking about devaluing the set, Watsi can't just pull 10 to 20,000 sheets out of their ass. No. So, 
you know, touching on that, War of the Spark this weekend, vendors were paying $75 cash for a box. Wholesale is 79 because distros are out. Yep. So we have this insane supply issue right now with this set. And you're going to, at some point down the line, maybe now, maybe mm -hmm. Modern Horizons, maybe Core 20 or 19, whatever it is. This 20. Year, I don't know. At some point, you're going to have to cut into the production of one of those sets to make these sheets. So doing that, especially if they do it now, when war is already short supply, that could have an insane impact on the singles in the market. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because for one, just lack of supply, stuff is already starting to kick up Yeah. because people know distros are out. So you're not getting more. The supply for right now doesn't exist. So if you're going to print 10,000, you know, 20,000 of these sheets, what set are you going to short? You, you short War and everybody, everybody is mad. You short Modern Horizons and you piss off your most popular format players, constructed format, your most popular constructed format players. And then if you go to Core Set, at that point, you've waited five months to print these things out. Yeah, that's a huge delay. That looks way worse all of a sudden to these, you know, ten to 20,000 people that just got snapped. Yep. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what that does to the supply if they're going to ship the war sheets to a different printer. Because right now, most everything's being printed in Europe. So what are they going to do? Ship the war sheets over to China after war is done and have them printed there because then you've got tariffs to worry about mm. suddenly you've got to pay tax on this on a product that you're already losing your your hat over yeah is does that really make sense for them to do I mean their shareholders certainly would not approve of that no. I would think are are they going to ship it to the states where I no offense wizards how many products that weren't supposed to get to the wild from the states got into, got the, into wild. the wild in the states yeah like there is no way for them to win here and it, it's it's turned into this insane debacle and the the people that are getting sheets it, and even the people that aren't you know this is a huge confidence blow and this is a faith based economy yep Look at the reserve list, for example. I don't want to get too into it because it's a huge issue for everyone. The reason it's there is because, in good faith, people have been investing in these cards, buying these cards. Sorry, let's not use the word investing. People don't like that. No, no. We don't put our money in cardboard. No, never. We put um, it in cryptocurrency? Maybe. <laughs> so, all of a sudden, you know, pe people have faith that you're going to try to make this right. Mm -hmm. if they try to make it right from here you know if something happens with these sheets if they show up torn in half or whatever that's a huge blow in consumer faith in this company yeah just and continued issues yeah at, at this point you have you know I, there was that tweet circulating around of that that you know the guy that got 16 boxes or whatever it was that everyone's absolutely flipping out over that you know it was in the professor's video today you know, when you have stuff like that that is so damaging to consumer faith in what they're doing, that it gets to the professor, 
you know, they're really under the microscope. Yeah. And these sheets need to be handled properly. You need to recognize, you know, I there's going to be a give and take here, and that these sheets may be a mea culpa that people accept. Mm-hmm. I keep my opinions to myself, but even if you accept it, I think it's bad for the overall economic health of the game short term. Particularly in standard. Yeah. Because I, I hope that Wizards recognizes Modern Horizons is arguably their biggest financial opportunity of the year. Yep. And doesn't jeopardize that. Because if they do, then it's even worse. Yeah, I I imagine if they had to turn anything off, it might have been a purported second print run if uh, allocation has already been met for Horizons. Yeah. And if it was met quickly, then they know they need to start up a second print run and you don't want to shortchange your master set, which I believe everybody that plays the finance game agrees is their big ticket item every year that they do yep. on. Yep. And it, it'll be interesting to see because, you know, like like Chaz touched in his article, this is, you know, the uncut sheet market's been around forever, and this mm-hmm. is the first time you've seen a manufacturer shake up in this. Yeah. Where they don't have to say they care about it. You know, and look, looking at prices, like you said, for an awful set, the floor is 500 Right now, Jerry has a standing offer out there for 200 for a sheet. That's it. 200 done. Yeah. That's probably going to be where it settles. You know, this isn't from the Vault Realms where sheets sell for 2.5K. Yeah. Because you can only get them at like a PAX event or an Eternal Weekend or something. This is everybody and their mother getting one. And it's still on GP walls. Yeah, and it's not even a unique sheet with Planeswalkers like Origins was. The unique Origins sheet wasn't the Rare and Mythic sheet. It was the Planeswalker sheet, the Flipwalker sheet. Yeah. Like, this is just another run-of-the-mill item. And the best thing that you can really do with it right now until the market dries up who knows when is frame it. Yeah. Spend the money and frame it, put it on your wall, and maybe drape something over it to help you forget about it. Just keep it yeah. safe. The The saving grace on this is the fact that because there are more of these, there might be more people looking to pick them up on the cheap, cut them, and thus cut the quantity of intact sheets down so that in yeah. the long run, things equal out. But then, like I said earlier, that mucks up the secondary market. One of the things I haven't seen in a while is people doing the weird angle NFCs. Yeah, well, like that. At least stopped, and after that, it kind of dried up. So I think we may see. Yeah. You know, I one of the sick deals admins, you know, in the chat was like, "Oh, I'm going to take the crazy craft scissors to these and just hand cut them." Oh yeah, the, yeah, like, like the wavy sides to match yeah. the shitty legendary wavy tops. Yeah. 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 I mean, Eli didn't have to continue. I asked somebody, I was like, why would you do this to Ravashi? Why would you cut duels like this when he was when he started doing it a couple of years ago and somebody said to prove a point that the market is there and then yeah. out of the work came a bunch of people that NFC'd stuff at a 45 degree angle and people bought into that those cards are un- strictly unplayable and it is just a collector's item in a silly tiny niche market but we haven't really seen anybody uh, NFC standard sheets in a while every now and then when there's a good master set We'll see NFC sheets. I believe I saw NFC uh, opals, and so that was Modern Masters two. So that might have been the last time I saw people just like 
going ham and making like you know diagonal cards out of that but maybe we'll see weird angle cards for vintage who knows that would be sweet get to fairies yeah yeah to, to yeah, fairies to fairies and karn because you'll probably wind up with like two karns on a sheet maybe three to fairies it, it's a fairly large set for one sheet so yeah maybe one one and two yeah i don't know i haven't seen the collation yet but it just has rippling and cascading effects in regards to the financial market in every aspect that you can think of Both and of those mechanics were great by the way what nfc or the ripple and cascade oh i'll give you cascade ripple is just terrible i love that i love that mechanic anyway sorry continue and this is not something that watsi has to think about ever which is terrible because they can just do stuff like this. If they wanted to, for whatever reason, they can do the same thing later on with another set and give everybody who walks into a GP a sheet. Yeah. And there's nothing we could do about it. Because they don't they don't have to care. It's a standard yeah. set. What matters? Or, you know, nothing matters. And this is just kind of an, uh, another interesting feather in the cap or a new paradigm that, we've, that we move into in regards to what can and can't be done and what they are willing and not willing to do. And one of the, the questions that I don't think we'll ha ever have answered was who forced the movement on the sheets? Was that eBay or was that Hasbro? Yeah, I mean, eBay sent the tweet out and Wizards confirmed it, but, you know, I, Pearl Harbor was not supposed to be a surprise attack because there was supposed to be a telegram sent. Yeah. Uh, someone messed up somewhere. And, you know, it's it's funny because eBay came out after the lawsuit you know made waves and was like hey guys it's our fault we messed this up this was on us well does that mean they prompted the sheets yeah or was that wizards yeah we'll yeah. never know and that's and that's neither here nor there in regards to a financial discussion that is some uh something for the shareholders to discuss to see yeah when the next time they want to do something like this and decide on what platform to put it but uh I don't know. I th I think that's that's probably about it for sheets. I think this is at this point in time, it's just going to be beating a dead horse, and we're a little late to the punch because you were at a GP flying and then buying a car, yeah, which is a big weekend in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, to wind it down a little bit. So some stuff I noticed at the GP. Uh, so like I said, vendors were paying seventy five dollars for sealed boxes of war. There. Yep. The buy list for. Mythic editions was about seven hundred. Yeah, and that is, must have been a very small number of mythic editions to even hit the state. Yeah, I there hardly any. I think I saw maybe six or seven in the room, counting the two that were on the prize wall, because yep. they only printed twelve thousand guys. Uh, uh, the hot ticket item, which was really interesting to me, since it was a limited GP, was breeding pool. No vendors could keep breeding pool in. At one point, one vendor had a buy price of $11. Yeah. Which seems mind-blowing to me. Uh, also interesting, and I don't know if this is just 95 being 95 or if this is arbitrage, but a lot of EDH cards like Helm of the Host and stuff like that actually had a high buy price at the 95 booth. Which is surprising because a lot of those cards, like Chromatic Lanterns in Japan, are dirt cheap. Yeah, it's an ADH staple. Nobody cares. Yeah, and it, it was interesting to see, you know, 95, who often arbitrages over to Hararia, yep. 
uh, with these high buy prices on those cards. So that'll be something to watch over the next couple months is to see if there's a concerted move to get some of those cards overseas. Yep. Or if they're just literally stockpiling to have them for GPs. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, the other interesting thing was there was a surprising number of Liliana sleeves in the room. The Japanese... All the Japanese only, yeah. So Ed was there, of course, so he brought some with him. Yeah. But 95 had some in their booth, and of all booths, Dan Bach, Power 9, huh. had some Liliana sleeves in his booth. That's interesting. Which, you know, it, it was interesting because, you know, I talked to a couple of vendors to see what buy prices for the sleeves were and the buy prices for vendors ranged anywhere from zero we're not touching them yep to ten dollars to 35 huh which was really weird yeah it's pretty interesting i was just taking a look somebody grabbed a couple uh photos of the uh buy prices for like uh, cool stuff 95 and i'm looking at i've got 95 and toa up and um, some of the things that I saw are, is that Underground Sea is holding strong at 420, 430. Uh, Valk is about 330, 340, depending on where you're looking. Yep. And it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of chance the floor drops out on these anytime soon. No. You know? I, I think, and this is something you know we touched on, like the year-over-year yield on duels yep. is just too good not to take advantage of and every time the ceiling spikes the floor settles higher yeah and i think we we really are like you know you're that's you know a hundred dollars more on each of those than it was a year ago yep and uh, yep unless we do get some kind of replacement for these i don't i don't ever see this stuff dropping back down it's hard to look at the price on power and say like, oh, this is where it's sticking because the only people that have advertised prices for this GP were Toa, and they're only looking for a Lotus, a Pearl, and a Twister near mint. So like, trying to figure out what's going on in that market is, is difficult based on that. Yeah, I uh, I will say talking to vendors this weekend, a lot of them noticed that LP power doesn't exist. Yeah, uh, and it's it's not like you know last year during the old school boom you could find it all day in Facebook groups, mm-hmm. even in Facebook groups now it's just dead. It's, yeah, LP power doesn't exist. So, you're what you're starting to see is people actually move in on like the eight and eight five slabbed mm. power. Okay, yeah, because the drop in price from like a nine to an eight is very significant, and. If you just want one to have an LP in your case, a lot of times you're buying a slab and cracking it, and you're putting it at a higher number. Yep. And it's still moving. Oh, yeah. no, And, and it, it's great if you're a vendor for that, but otherwise it's just kind of difficult if you're trying to move in on a nice-looking set of power to, to play with. Yeah. MP is still around, and HP, they're, they're not that hard to find, but you're right in that higher-graded power... Is being is easier to find on Facebook groups than uh, LP power. Although I haven't really been keeping an eye on on uh, the high end groups for that recently. Yeah. So it's uh, interesting. Also, a lot of vendors said they're starting to move graded stuff to PWC. Okay. Because the exposure and the advertising is better, and they don't have to invest any time. So if they have a staff, they don't have to pay someone to do it. They just ship it to PWC. Yep. They throw it up eventually. They get some exorbitant amount of money more than they should. Yeah. 
because okay. they're the name and they're the name in that uh, that space. Yeah. Yeah. Every now and then, uh, if you don't pay attention to PwC uh, and their site yourself, if you check the what is it, uh, just MTG Finance on Reddit, you can uh, and maybe once a month something will go up on there when some ridiculous card goes up. Uh, the Lotus that's floating around the beta, the beta nine five, that goes up on eBay just for the exposure and the clicks. Yep. But a lot of other graded cards will go up on, on PwC and hit that finance sub, and somebody's like, "What the hell?" Yeah. Well, it's interesting. And then I don't think we have any representation uh, us at Providence, but I'll be at DC, so I'll see a little bit uh, over the summer what's going to go on. And I think that event is. After Modern Horizons is spoiled, but before release, if yes, memory serves. Yeah. Uh, June. It'll be interesting to see how that affects things. Actually, June fourteenth, uh, fifteenth, sixteenth is the GP. Oh yeah. So, so that's release. Yeah, that's release weekend. Okay. Uh, I believe DC is a sealed GP as well. So. Uh, any any stores in the area so Jersey's not that far Maryland's not that far uh, Virginia North Carolina uh, Pennsylvania and we might get some people driving in from New York I'd expect anybody who's ordered boxes to kind of come into the area to move their stuff quickly yeah. on a release weekend if they don't have an LGS they want to dump it to so I might be able to report back on some uh, Horizons prices there so that'll be good yeah it'll be interesting but I think that's gonna close this out for today and yep just head out on on picks which is picks. kind of interesting considering the fact that we had these up on i think thursday because we knew there was going to be a delay so yeah. if you weren't paying attention in the discord you definitely missed out on my pick so uh last week on thursday i went in on a uh, narrow may i bought in uh myself i bought in i think about 60 cents <clears throat> maybe less a piece uh, extracted about 20 off the internet and I found out at that point in time that large vendors were actually out or restocking currently uh, well over a dollar I'll bring up uh, stocks and uh, stocks you can see is kind of flat however the market price has begun to beat out the average as of late and the reason for this is that people haven't given up on the Ral Zarek combo in standard but what they're changing over to is this Todd Anderson style list I have up. Mm -hmm. um, this list was a known quantity going into uh, set release with uh, Finality of Green, whatever the name of that is, uh, Devastation. And it just kind of flew under the radar, but on Thursday Todd played this on stream and did hot medium with it. Yeah. The reason that Narameha is better here than Expansion Explosion is is because this deck can survive well without Expansion Explosion. It does not have to play a controlling game. It can play a mid-range game, and if you just have to start casting Finale of Devastation to go get your creatures, nobody cares about a bad Green Sun Zenith. It's still Green Sun Zenith, and it still puts in work. So, Finality I believe is uh, 9 to 10 right now, but Narameha is actually the combo engine in the deck. It makes it function like Splinter Twin, and it's kind of uh, circuitous to explain. But basically, cast Finality, you get go get Narameha. I believe Narameha allows you uh, to copy the Finale that's still on the stack. That goes goes to get another Narameha, and then you just start uh, creating additional copies of that Finale. 
by chaining Naromehas out of the graveyard. Yep. Uh, with Finale. And it allows you to go infinite that way. People think that it's a st uh, standard Splinter Twin. And if you were able to buy in last week, the CK Biolist, the Delta has closed to be about, I think, 10 to 15 cents between uh, a buy price last, sorry, a price you could buy in at last week versus their buy list price. So if I, I got in at, like I said, 40 or 60 cents, I think I can get out at a profit at about 70-ish now. But if you yeah. bought in over uh, from TCG Player or late in the weekend, you're probably looking at a delta of, like I said, 10, 10 cents still before you hit profit. It's also a legendary wizard lord. So, Which is not a bad place to be. No, I mean, Patron Wizard holds a price because it's actually a decent card, but yeah. it's also part of the part of wizard tribal so it's not like this thing won't hold the uh, value <clears throat> yeah in the long run if you just get in now the danger is that this is a very short-term spec because you're looking at a card that's heading into rotation so uh, it's rotating yeah. out in a couple of months so if you don't get in before it spikes or it doesn't spike at all you're going to see just a loss going into rotation then it'll be a long-term hold yeah so if you can get in sub a dollar, if you can get in at sub a dollar still, I recommend it. And this is going to be a flip in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we have SEG Syracuse this weekend, which is one of the first standard events uh, outside of the MCQ weekend that will have yeah. public visibility. And I'm sure at some point we'll see people like Saffron Olive start to stream this thing because it's another oh, yeah. weird, goofy combo. And he's already played Infinite uh, Jake Cunning Castaways. And uh, yeah. I think he's done the the expansion explosion things. So this is right up his alley. Yeah, it is. So I'd, I'd expect to pop in the next couple of weeks, and that would be the time to get out. Yeah, we actually... I, every Narhumeha in the room got bought Friday. Uh, so that was... You know, there there were a couple vendors that bought bulk that had, like, 30. Guy comes up, I'll take him. Yeah. Hoover them all up. Yep. Okay. Uh, my pick is one that... It, so on the way up to Madison, we were in the car... And I was like, guys, what? I, I want some input. What do you think I should pick this week? And one of the guys in the car, Levi, was like, what's that card from Kamigawa? It's Kamigawa block. I've been trying to remember what it is. But it's a red card, and everyone destroys a land for each card in your hand or something. And of course, me, Obliterate is my favorite card in Magic. So I was like, I don't know this card. I should know this card. Yep. This is right up my alley. Thoughts of Ruin. Four mana sorcery, red, red, two. Each player sacrifices a land for each card in your hand. So my pick is the foil version. The reason being, it's from Saviors of Kamigawa. The worst set of one of the worst blocks of all time. A set that wasn't opened outside of needing Pithing Needle when that was a $40 sideboard card in Legacy. Yep. It just doesn't exist. And then I looked at listings, and I'm like, okay, well, there's like 20 on TCG Player. Okay, Card Kingdom has 14 total. Star City's out. Mini Market's out. eBay had like 10, and most of those were from international sellers. Yep. And then I'm like, okay, let's take a look at the price. It was a sub $5. Yeah, so, it's like and three and change right now. Yeah, I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. So I, I bought all the sub, you know, three, four dollars copies I could find. 
And right now, checking TCG, there are eight total listings, including one from Abu. So this is a card that is a powerful effect in a color that loves the effect, and it is an affordable foil which EDH players love. It's the type of thing you can find probably in a bulk foil box because shops don't know this card exists and they don't know it's worth money. They just see it and they're like, what's it worth? Oh, it's less than a quarter for non-foil. Throw it in. And that's probably been sitting there for ages. I could easily see this hitting a $10 to $15 foil in a year or so just due to natural progression and natural growth. And I haven't taken a look at the MTG stocks chart it's pretty much foil. flat. Uh, actually, yeah, it's flat for forever at about $3. Yeah. So it's something that, yeah, looking at back in 2016, 2017, it hit a low. And then it's been, since then, peaked up. We're at around 3 We yeah. had a slight lull. And then actually, in March, we had a spike on the card, and now it's back down again. Yes. This card's only been printed once. I can't imagine that there isn't a marketplace where this card exists as a ten to fifteen dollar. I'll preface it with this: it's hot. It's moderate risk. I could just be wrong. I could just be eating my hat after this in a year. But I would be willing to put money that in a year, this card is more than ten dollars for the foil. Just that's that's my guess. Yep. Uh, right now, I'll bring it up. There are four total foils on TCG that are uh, light play or near mint and they're about seven dollars each and card kingdom is buying the non-foil at 385 five uh, or five dollars credit yeah so and they have two in stock for seven dollars that should actually be if you guys pay attention then to card kingdom site we should see both numbers go up by end of week yeah I think their algorithm runs either very late at night or very early in the morning. Uh, I think EST. it's at night. Yeah. And, yeah. Like Channel Fireball, they coincide with EST for some reason. So if you pay attention to, to their site and this card, you, you should see it update in the next couple of day, days, which is ridiculous. Oh. Yeah. Wait. You can almost right now... You can... I'm not going to get this out in time. There's no way. But if you snu- <laughs> if you buy every copy of this card off TCG Player right now in the non-foil under 40 cents, you'll be able to arbitrage at least 24 of them to Card Kingdom probably tomorrow, Wednesday, f- for profit. Because they're buying non-foils at 30 cents, 39 credit, and I'm just looking in the first filtered results for Light Play and Near Mint are all about 30 cents shipping included. Yeah, they are. Wow. So, <laughs> I, it's not going to work because you're going to get fisted on, on shipping by buying the one copy of Thoughts of Ruin from the guy, from this guy for $0.29. Cents. That's just how it works. But, yeah, there's going to come a, a time in the next couple of days where if you were to move in on this card, sub $0.50, cents, you're going to be able to make a decent profit off Card Kingdom. Yeah. Jeez. Now, a checking wreck, it's not even... This is in 311 decks. Yeah, it doesn't exist. It, no. And again, it's from a low exposure, low print run set. It's just a weird, like, 
exception. It's one of those bizarre design choices from Kamigawa, the block that time forgot. Yeah, and I'm looking at Ruination. Ruination is in 3,800 decks total. And this is a card that was printed in Stronghold and then again in the first Commander set. Like, yep. Watsi just decided to put Mass LD in a Commander set. In the first one, sure, why not? And Ruination is... Four to five dollars, four fifty for both copies. Yeah, and in four thousand decks, it's ridiculous the the gap on this. Yeah, I guess the additional exposure of ruination in that deck really just kind of yeah popped in popularity. All of a sudden, pop. Yeah, yeah. Who knew? Yeah, that's interesting. So. Move quick! I'm gonna try and get this podcast up tonight, uh, Tuesday. So if you yeah. li- if you get this on- if you listen on Tuesday, get it on uh, thoughts before <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> Go for it. But that's gonna wrap it up for us, though. When it comes to the cast, uh, two things uh, we do want to touch on is that the UMA box raffle is still going, and when we hit 100 patrons, we will be uh, locking in on those accounts, and we'll be raffling off the UMA box. And we talked about uh, another uh, big event for for our Discord only. I'm sorry, our patrons only, announced in Discord either today or tomorrow. And uh, you're going to want to get in on that. This is yeah. It's going to be a pretty big announcement. We're going to try and keep it uh, on the DL, see what happens. Yeah. But if you, if you miss out, and you'll find out what it is in probably, oh, what did we say, like six weeks? Uh, yeah. Yeah, about six weeks. You'll find out what it is, and if you didn't get in, you'll be sad. So, check us out. You know, it's easy to just donate a dollar a month. That's all we're asking. Yeah, just a dollar. Your chance to get in on a UMA raffle. Yeah. And uh, this additional uh, announcement's going to be pretty big. And uh, one thing we we have discussed, and I I don't know how much we've talked about it publicly, is that we do want to do these raffles uh, fairly often. Basically, sync it up with uh, mass, whatever master sets are releasing, or maybe just regular sets during the year. So, looking at one a quarter, and depending on the number of patrons we have in time, we'll determine the number of uh, boxes that we raffle away, or whatever product we have to individual users. So, again, you know, keep coming back, keep checking that out, and yep. you can find us uh, on Twitter at MTG Cabalcast. That is also our Patreon, Patreon with yep. a capital A for some reason. And I am. Uh, at Halt, I am Reptar on Twitter and on Reddit, and you are? At Thirsty Sizzler on Twitter and Griever9977 on Reddit. And make sure this Saturday, check out Middle School at Pieces, and in two weeks at Kansas City, we'll have a Middle School FNM at Spinky's Card Store. Thanks for tuning in, guys. <laughs>